Hey, Nudie, how's it going? It's going. Oh, uh, this is a. Uh, I'm like from my desktop. It's actually working okay this time, as long as I don't try to jump in from my phone as well. Oh, cool. Does it sound any different in comparison to the phone? I think it sounds better. Well, I mean, I have headphones on, so I mean, on the phone, I normally don't. So, hmm. uh, how do I sound? I sound okay, right? Yeah, you sound great. Okay. Yeah, I have a better mic. Um. Hey, Bobby, how's it going? Fine. Hey, Nudy, before we get started. Yeah. Uh, uh, did we, did we, uh, before we start, did we have uh, specific topics that we want to like to lay out the specific topics that we want to talk yes. about? Let's, let's, do that. let's do that very quickly. Yeah. Um, a, mm-hmm. we can discuss last night's tournament, of course. Yeah. Um, next week is an all in, I think. So, you can discuss that. We, they, they announced power rankings last night. Yep. Um, on the stream, if you didn't see that, we can discuss power rankings. Oh, yeah. Are, are we starting a new power ranking starting this uh, next one then? Uh, yeah, yeah. So they, he, Kevin and uh, we, 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 Kevin made the announcement during the stream what the power rankings yep. were. So um, power rankings are officially announced. And, you know, um, this is the starting next week. You know, September will be the start of our new power ranking season. Nice. Okay. Uh, so everything resets starting September first. So, ever all all the results that lasted from July to August is your overall um, result. Is your overall mm-hmm. rank in the power ranking based on mm-hmm. the tournament results that you've placed and the amount of tournaments you've attended and the notable players that you've played. Okay. Um, yeah. And any other thing things we want to discuss? I think usually the biggest ones that come to mind are just, hey, what what was the last like the last tournament? Like, what did everyone think of it? But um, oh, do we want to talk about disconnections? I I know there's not much we can do about it because, but we can just kind of briefly bring it up that yeah, we had a lot of issues with it, but not much we can do, right? Maybe what Kevin should do is if it if he runs into situations like that, like if if it's like two or three games in a row. What he should do is he should just reset, um, maybe not the router, but he should just close the room and reopen it mm. if it becomes like a um, consistent issue. Okay, we should we should talk about player disconnects though, and how we should go we should handle that going forward. Trappy, last night was like the really the first time. Uh, we had a player disconnect with you because you're you're yeah. It's usually out. the spectator. Right. Yeah. So, but, but yeah, did we handle that appropriately? And what would what, what what should we have done going in the future is probably a good, great topic as well. Okay. Sure. Uh. So, and I think that's probably about everything else that, that everything that comes to mind. There's not much because it's not like we had like two. We had a new attendee. Well, we did have. What is it, Luxray Jr.? We can talk about Luxray and his Yeah, That's fine, yeah. Okay. Oh, we'll actually, what team. we could talk about, guys, is we could talk about the power ranking of each of the players and, like, their success and, like, what they can improve on moving forward, you know, if they want yeah, to. That's, okay. that's probably encompassing power rankings, I feel like, though. Because, like, there's, I think there's plenty that we can, you know, plenty of things to discuss with each player. Okay, okay. So okay, so that might actually make this pretty long. Uh, do we want to discuss like their, uh, who do, like who do we want to discuss? Who do we not want to discuss? Though, um, 
but yeah okay so i think we should definitely talk about like like the main the main folks that we see frequently um and this includes like phil deemer um uh, <laughs> who else players that have potential to make it make it into the power ranking yeah that y- you have in mind um I'd say Manic, honestly. Um, mm, yeah. Manic has potential, and I feel like Zeno has potential to probably make it into the PR. I I feel like Tanisha is actually better than Zeno. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. Uh, well, I, I mean, I, I struggle against Tanisha more than Zeno, actually. So. Actually, I've never That's played. That's really crazy. Tanisha, Tanisha is usually placing like at the bottom of the challenger bracket. Yeah, but I think she she has issues where I, I don't think she's familiar with like a lot of the matchups. And like uh, just like the online setting in general, um, but she's a very patient player, which I think helps. I don't know. Uh, but yeah, that that's like getting going to details. Uh, where well, let's we should probably start our podcast. Like that's like I'm going into like details that we would be talking about if we were actually talking about podcast. Let's, let's start it. Yeah, Ricky, wants you to do it. All right. <laughs> well, welcome to the fourth episode of the I Play Games podcast. You got Compy, and you guys could all introduce yourselves. Yep, I'm Nudie. RP4. Nice. All right, so we're just going to talk about d- different players that are not on the PR that have potential to make the rise to the PR. But, okay. Um, yeah. So, so we were sure. just talking about yeah. Tanisha, right? Like, yeah. So, so like, uh, yeah. So I, uh, I think Tanisha actually is pretty good and like and I, i've only played both of them like it's funny because like uh, i've been friends with them for for a while but like we had only recently reconnected um and re- recently started playing smash offline but that was like right before covid happened so like we didn't really get that much offline time against each other but i know that um um on online i feel like i've been struggling against nisha more and i feel like she hasn't actually um She's like a, she's a lot better than how she's been performing online. Um, I, I feel like she she might just in yeah in the tournaments uh, um, in the IPG tournaments, um, and a, a lot of it just might be like matchup knowledge and just uh, getting familiar with uh, the lag and everything. But yeah, she I, I think she's one of the ones uh, that I would want to keep an eye out for. Uh, was is there anyone else you guys had in mind, or would did you guys have a comment? Let me let me let me stay on that topic for yeah. a second. Um, does Tanisha pretty much only play Roy, or has she been playing dabbling in other? She's well? she's dabbled in Palutina, but I think um, I think her Palutina is like nowhere near her Roy. Okay. Well, I was gonna say. I thought it, I, it's hard to gauge a person's skill level in doubles because there's a lot of stuff lying around. Mm-hmm. Um, but she had good patience mm-hmm. when I was playing her in doubles. Um, Which is very atypical. Spacing was, spacing was there. Spacing was there. Mm-hmm. Um, the spacing to keep pressure zones up was there. Mm-hmm. It's just maybe not the, the punishes were not optimal. And that is a much easier problem to correct than fixing um, spacing itself. I, I would agree. I, I, I think so, it's, um, it's also interesting because I feel like the majority of Roy and Crom players are 
not patient. Like <laughs> they they usually just want to come in and like uh, you know blow everything in, like you know in your face. So um, yeah, they're very explosive characters. And playing a character like Roy and Crom, you have to be extremely precise with their spacing and the timing of their moves. So it's like you have to be extra. You have to work extra hard to be even more precise because you're playing online. Um, Crom and Roy are both combo heavy characters, and if you can get one hit off from them from a jab, you can like straight up take, you know, um, deal more than like 50% of the damage or something like that. Like, you, you can juggle them with up airs. Mm-hmm. Does like, she do, like, does, she, does she juggle with up airs? Do you know? Like, I don't, I don't see it. Yeah, I haven't seen that yet. What, here's, here's what I do see that I'm very impressed by. And if I can make a comparison to David, who plays Lucina, they're not too dissimilar. Um, but, um, so David has probably better fundamentals, I'd say at this point. Um, but I he agree. relies a lot on counter and dancing blade. Um, like uh, over reliant, I would say, and I, like David's habits are he 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 almost always finishes that dancing blade, and you can always count on getting a shield push on him. Um, that's that that's the one thing I noticed. But Tanisha, she mixes that up. She understands the uh, she understands going for. Um, mixed up options uh, more than just relying on just, hey, man, I'm just going to throw this out and I'm going to finish it up and it, it is what it is. So her fundamentals may not be as strong yet, but the fact that she's implementing mix up options into her game already, I, I agree with you, Nidia. I think there's definitely a lot of potential there. Mm-hmm. So I, I think she is one to keep an eye out for. Um, Next season, and, and and by the way, this this conversation is all happening because uh, Power Rangers were announced last night. Um, September first is the, the new reset, and uh, going forward, uh, everybody has an opportunity to get into those Power Rankings, starting with the uh, All In bracket next week. Uh, do we want to clarify yeah. when the uh, the next season ends? Is it a two month period? Uh, it is a two month period. Yeah. Okay. Yes, according to what Kevin stated, it's going to be once every two months. So it'll go from September to November 1st. Okay. Uh, was there anyone else that you guys wanted to uh, bring up or to keep an eye out for? Well, Deemer, I feel like he's been steadily improving every tournament that he attends. I think, yes. Deemer, I feel like... He needs to leave Lucina in order to break the power rankings and play Little Mac more. I'm just going to be straight up honest. Oh, no hate. Interesting. But I think his Little Mac is better than his Lucina. I'm just going to throw that out there. Did you find his Little Mac to give you more trouble than his Lucina specifically? Or have you just noticed him just having more success with Little Mac against other players? I mean, I won DDD in that matchup. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, uh, no, his little Mac is, um, his little Mac is good because Deemer's play style is to rely on a lot of, um, Deemer, once he starts a combo, he always typically finishes a combo. 
um, is what I've noticed. And he never, he never plays, uh, he doesn't play mix-up options too often. Um, once he's committed, he's committed. And Little Mac and is a very, Mac, yeah. Sorry, I'll let you is a very, like, once you commit, you're, you're, you're fine because your options are pretty safe on the ground, mm-hmm. right? Um, like, his, his committal option in Lucina is Dolphin Splash. Hi, 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 hi. And you know, he almost always finishes it. Um, his committal option with Little Mac is forward tilt, essentially. He just does a little bit of forward tilt. Ha, 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 ha. And he usually can – it's very fast, and he usually can it, – it's a very safe option in comparison. So I think that his – I personally think his Little Mac is better. Um, and I think that um, if he just has the wherewithal to, you know, he, he's already doing the best he can with the Little Mac recovery. Like, that's not saying much because, uh, <laughs> oh, goodness, how can you recover? But, you know – He's, he's really utilizing his strengths on the stage, Little Mac, and he's dealing with the um, drawbacks of the character off the stage best he can. He's, he's using the counter in the air. Um, you know, he, he's air dodging. He's mixing up his recovery tools. Um, it, it's interesting that he mixes up his recovery tools more so than he mixes up his grounding. Yeah, that, so that is interesting. Because... That's why I think Little Mac is better for him. I, I do agree with you because I like like uh Deemer's ground game even as just Lucina, like he'll he'll throw aerials, but like uh he doesn't throw aerials like a very aerial heavy character. He, his most of his aerials are like rising aerials. And yeah. yeah, so and he doesn't go off stage. So he's essentially playing Little Mac, but as Lucina. Like Yeah, he's essentially playing like the perfect Little Mac playstyle. But he's trying to fit it into Lucy. And like, and I th- just think he does throw a lot of smashes, and Little Max smashes has armor, so <laughs> you know. Well, now, yeah. so, it, it has priority, so it goes oh, oh, like above, like right through all the other like you know characters' attacks, and it just like plows through. And once you get hit by Demer's attacks, you are basically challenging a train. You know, you're gonna get steamrolled by a train, and. Uh, and you're gonna straight up take like you know probably around sixty percent of damage from Deemer's little Mac, like he's got and the, the, and the cheese factor, the cheese factor of that KO punch, can can just win him games, even against better, even against better people. I mean, so like, like that character, I feel like if he plays that character, he can break into the power rankings for sure. Yeah, I, uh, that's that's my opinion. Also, you know, Deemer and I, whenever we would team, like, we would always place, like, top three in doubles. Like, like the locals, but I'm not talking, like, big tournaments. Like, but there was this one tournament that Deemer and I attended called Smash and Splash. I don't know if you've heard of that, Nudie. Oh, I've heard of it. That's at the, the Kalahari, right? Yeah, in the Wisconsin area. Yeah, the, yeah. The Dells, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, back in, I think, 2017, um, we placed, like, 25th out of 80 players and we went all pit and little Mac the entire time. No Lucina, no one, no like up, like higher tier secondaries. And he does well with the character. Like, well, he did have, okay. Um, he does have a, he did have a Mario and he did have a cloud in smash four. And I'm surprised that he hasn't tried out Mario or cloud in, you know, in ultimate from, 
from what he had in Smash Four. And <clears throat> Lucina is just an entirely different character. She's all about spacing and stuffing out your opponent's approaches from getting in and all about chip damage. She doesn't juggle you for days like Mario and Falcon does. Yeah, I don't think he's a... I don't see a lot of... Um, I don't see a lot of juggling from Little Mac as Lucina anyways. Or, and I definitely, I definitely don't see like rising aerial spacing either. I just, I just see a lot of essentially uh, get in, like try to bait and not, not a bait and punish um, hidden run tactics. Mm-hmm. I see a lot of hidden run tactics, and I feel like that's a little bit best strength. Get in there, forward tilt, get out. Get in there again, try to forward tilt again, get out. You know, like 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 a like a true boxer. <laughs> yeah, he does a pretty good job with that. Like he knows like how to weave in and out and. Um, and he does, you know, a really good job with um, his punish games with when he puts up his shield. And if they hit his shield, like, he does, like, a, you know, pretty good job with, you know, punishing their attacks, I feel. Yeah. Um, who else should we talk about? Um, uh, Titan Killer. What do you think of him? Rising. Uh, rising and hap- I'm happy to see him rise. Um, I am not sure if he'll be able to break power rankings this season, mm. but I probably think given in the second season, he'll be good enough. I agree with that. I, I feel like there's still like a level of uh, fundamentals that he's like, he's gotten a lot of it. He's improved significantly. So, you know, it's not to take away from him, take it away from him, but like there's uh, another level of fundamentals that I feel he is uh, still needs to grasp. Yeah, I think I think he needs probably another month, a month and a half. He is still having, um, he's still going in between Fox and Samus. Actually, um, when I was playing with him recently, he was very interested in picking up Richter. Oh, Richter, now, interesting. Huh? And he that very interesting. And he, so I don't know if he has played Richter ever since then, but. He expressed strong interest. But I, I pulled out Richter for fun against him, and he was just like, "Wow, this character looks amazing. Uh, I should try him <laughs> out." So I show. So I was sending him all kinds of like uh, Belmont tutorial vid- videos on how to play the Belmonts, and I even showed him like a, a tu- like a like a top player um, Belmont players of like things that he can take examples from and just learn how to play the character. To his fullest potential. I love Richter. I, I love down air on Richter. Down air to down air to down air to down air and laddered them all the way up. That's my favorite thing. Yeah. <laughs> it's um no, but but Richter has got some like Richter has possibly the best ledge trapping in the game by if by putting his uh fire, the fire um, oh the right, holy fire yeah right on the ledge. Yeah no. it stops it stops right ledge attack. It stops regular get up. It stops jump because the invincibility frames last up. The only thing you can do is roll. And guess what? Richter's standing far enough back to cover rolls. So it, it, literally all the options are covered. The only way to recover against Richter is to not go to ledge <laughs> sometimes. Yeah. I think that could like really um, teach 
um, help Titan Killer out with his ledge game a lot if he were to play the bell knock. Because yeah. cause that's the whole point of playing the Belmonts is to use that ledge game and to, oh, of course, to throw out uh, projectiles to condition them to shield. And once they begin shielding, you can just go in for the grabs for free. Yeah. So, you know, what's interesting is I used to be on the boat of, um, like, stop trying to pick up a new character. But And I think in this case, there are times where I feel like messing around with another character kind of like rewires my brain because sometimes I feel like you get so stuck in your ways and playing one way and it kind of plateau, you kind of plateau yourself. I don't know if you guys feel the same way sometimes, but like when I'll jump around a different character and I'll learn new like habits. And then like, sometimes I'll take that habit and try to like apply it back into my, you know, my main character. Um, I, feel- I think it's a very um, good way to think about it. Cause I've also tried that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that helped me when I tried out Lucina. Uh, when when I did those Lucina dittos against Deemer, I think that that was also another thing that helped Deemer improve was me showcasing him like some of the uh, tactics that you can do with Lucina. Okay, so as a like working in dittos, like playing did that's actually one thing I've been trying to reach the Rob Discord to play dittos, but uh, <laughs> I haven't uh, gotten into one yet. But I'll probably try it again sometime. Yeah, I think you definitely should. Have you, um, but yeah, I mean, with Deemer specifically going back to him, like, Mm -hmm. I was showing him, like, you can do, like, a late forward air. You don't have to do, like, a rising forward air. So, like, do a short hop, but as you're coming down, do, Mm -hmm. like, a late forward air to, you know, throw off their timing on the punishes. Because you do a late forward air on their shield, they cannot shield grab it. Um. Not if you space it correctly. Yeah, if you can cross up their shield, right? Exactly, like you said. But <clears throat> with Titan Killer, I feel like the main one of the main things he should work on is uh, not ro- relying on rolls because he tends to roll everywhere. Yeah, for, as a main form of movement, like just like he should like challenge himself and just play a game and not roll at all, and like be like extra harsh on himself. Like I think that would help a lot. You know what would be really good is if you said to him, "Hey, if you roll like once, you <laughs> lose. lose a stock." <laughs> uh, yeah, it just has like a training regimen, like uh, like uh, basically a training course, and say, "Hey, let's do, let's just do a couple rounds, but every time you roll, you have to take a stock." Yeah. So like, wow, uh, no matter that's, that's gonna be really hard. Yeah, it's the only but way you, to break. You know what would be fun? Or or, it or, be fun. or even better. I'd do a first attempt. First, yeah. I'd do a first attempt with him, but the rules apply both ways. Yeah. Oh, apply both ways. That would be interesting. Or you know what would be even better? Well, although that might throw him off, I, is if you were to go to the control settings and change the um, L and R button from shield to like I don't know jump or no that would <laughs> no no that wouldn't work because that means that no, he would just you have to be able to attack yeah you gotta you have to be able to you gotta be able to shield too. <laughs> Yeah, that's true because, well, yeah, that's the thing. But the only way you can roll is by putting up your shield. But, yeah, that's – yeah, that's not going to work either. <laughs> no, you got to you gotta have your option, man. But, yeah. You can't roll, – roll that shield button. That's like – honestly, it's like three of the five defensive options of the game. You take that away and you strip them down to two defensive options, they're going to get rolled. <laughs> Yeah, no, that's, yeah. But I think, like, what we said before, 
uh, doing a best of 10 and setting the rules of if one of the roles you just lose a stock regardless of what percent you are so like mm-hmm. even if you're like at like 12 percent, you still lose have to lose a stock because you rolled i i will totally do that any day of the week that doesn't a lot of fun mm-hmm. and it's, it's just mainly for like you know like rewiring your brain like just say hey let's just not roll as much for your main form of movement like <clears throat> um Anybody else? Oh yeah, there's, before we move on. Yeah, the uh, PJP. Oh yeah, I uh, he he that one uh, when we did the challenges bracket, he made it pretty far too. He got fifth place, I believe. Uh, yeah, and he played uh, Isabel most of the way, right? I think we talked about this last time. Um, do you think he should stick with Isabel? Um, I think he does a pretty good job with setting up the traps. I mean, he plants the gyroid and. Um, which is that uh, that uh, little you know that dowel thing, or, but like that cactus thing that just launches up like a rocket launcher. Uh, he does the, does a decent job with the pit fishing pole, but I feel like he depends on it too much to the point where you know your opponent can shield it, and if it, if the fishing pole bounces off the shield, your opponent can just dash attack and punish it for free. So- so that could you imagine if that was not shieldable? That was a command <laughs> grab. Oh, yeah. so annoying. Oh yeah, it it would have been a nightmare. Uh, so that actually brings up another question. So I think the reason why I asked if you think he should stick with Isabel is I feel like that might be an issue where Isabel's neutral isn't that strong. So unless it oh no, it is strong. You just gotta like slingshot more. Like how yeah, how would you improve uh, PJ Pete's game right now if you if you were to help him? Oh gosh! Wow, I wish Santiago was here because because he, <laughs> he he knows Villager more than anybody else here. Uh, I, think I think Isabel's what, different enough. Well, I think Isabel the no, most Isabel's most Isabel's I see. Well, different. Let I think like a ledge trapping is different enough. Um, neutral games is similar enough because it's mostly forward air and back air. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say. I would say definitely put that Lloyd rocket out more and you can go for fishing rod. I think being aggressive with fishing rod is okay, but you got to have a barrier in between yourself and the opponent, because if you go for it and you miss, you're going to get punished hard. So having, I think having that Lloyd rocket out there is uh, as a barrier in between is, is pretty good. And I think I'd like to see more Lloyd rocket at the ledge too. Just, just, Stop the roll option, or stop get up and get up attack, um, and then you can try to cover the other two. I feel like too often I see PJ Pete go for fishing rod off the ledge, uh, um, and I feel like he would be better going for a ledge trap situation than trying to gimp with fishing rod off the ledge a lot of the time. Going with the what option? So, like whenever I play PJ Pete. He would try to throw a fishing rod off the ledge. Mm-hmm. Like he's, he's he scans the ledge and he throws out his forward mm-hmm. beam. And I feel like that's okay, mm-hmm. but I mean, is that really better than falling off and, and trying trying to do a forward air since that has range? Yeah. Or yeah, I I feel like he'd be better just trying to set up Lloyd Rocket and getting a ledge trap punish situation rather than um I, going for fishing rod because if you miss fishing rod. I the person's almost 
has almost reset neutral on you. He's, he's come back onto the stage really quickly, and, and you've lost your, you've lost stage control. I agree with you there. I I, I feel like uh, it's become like it's very flowcharty because you almost know almost always know that he will throw a fishing rod out there when you go off uh, when you get hit off stage. Um, yeah. Uh, if he mixes it up just by like every once in a while going off stage and throwing some uh, forward air or back air, it like it it can drastically change like how hard it is to play against him. I also think too that every time he um, gets hit, he tends to burn his jump in the hopes that he doesn't get, you know, uh, he doesn't get juggled. But once you burn your jump, your options of landing are very limited. So, like, what could Isabel's pretty floaty too? So, burning your jump is uh, often um, it's hard to get back down once you do that. <laughs> yeah, no, it it. It, she's just hard to land with. Like, what she has her like long-lasting turn-up hitbox that just lasts for like days, but it only c- can get you so far because if your opponent just stands on the ground and shields at, like, you're just gonna get punished, and the whole situation resets itself all over again. Right. I I think I'd like to. Uh, I'd like to see. Um, I think. Isabel would work probably very well on, I don't know, platform stages where uh, PJP could try to mix up uh, whether he goes above or below the platform, maybe a little wave land or air dash for that people who don't know that term, that's air dodging um, right, right onto the platform and you like skid a little bit and it changes up your momentum. Um, I think I, I'd like to see him mix up his options with air dodge and more than just always using the jump. Yeah. I mean, he does a pretty good job with abusing the platforms. I mean, he, uh, or if you're going to go to, if you're going to go to, if you're going to use your jump, just go to ledge. Yeah. Don't ever too, land too on stage. He tried to, yeah. Too often he's using that jump. And as a float, it's okay to do as if you're a fast falling character because you can get back on the stage. But if you're a floating character like Isabel, just go to ledge because uh, your your opponent has too much time to react to your le- to your jump and try to juggle you again. Yeah, and also, I mean, Isabel's recovery is not the greatest, but she she doesn't have issues like that much of an issue if you go on ledge. Like, uh, right. Yeah. <clears throat> Right. Her, 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 she can just ledge, she can just drop from ledge, jump and forward air, and, and that's a long shooting projectile. She doesn't have a, as much of a disadvantage on the ledge as other characters. So I really do feel like um, just going to ledge is, is probably a great way to prevent damage. Yeah, for sure. And I, I would like to see him like use mixing up the timings of the slingshots. So like you can do like a like a rising slingshot or you can do like a late slingshot as you're coming back on the ground. Yeah. I think that could throw off a lot of people. They can throw a lot of people off when it comes to trying to punish Isabel. Yeah. Um but um what else do we have? Um uh, uh, He's oh, yeah. been top of the challenger bracket for a little while. Yeah. He's... And uh, I think he's worth a mention. Definitely. I agree. 
he's been placing really well at these challenger brackets. Yeah. Um, Mario is definitely um, his best. Uh, he did tell me he had a pocket fox as well. Oh. Um, that he hasn't broken out yet. Uh, just between us, uh, he, he told me that in, uh, when he was thinking about switching for doubles. Um, but, yeah, his, his Mario juggles are really, really good. Um, I actually think that small battlefields in, in the new season might be the biggest asset to him because it has a, it has a, a lower ceiling than bigger battlefields, so he might be able to land those ladder combos more. Um, I think, I, I think he might be able to stage pick his way into performance improvements because he's already pretty good. I just think if he gets a couple things going his way, minor improvements, he'll he'll break it. Yeah, you know, I I love watching uh, Solidus as Mario. It's very fun to watch. Like you, he can really juggle you up to the ceiling if he wanted to. Um, the only thing I feel like it's holding him back at this point is he does get very antsy when your opponent's in kill options. So he'll be just mashing the C stick in the hopes that it'll eventually land. Yeah. He's not a very patient player, uh, but he's really good. when he gets his combos, um, that's actually like what you brought up about the kill percentage stuff. I, I actually do notice that like he, he will like just get really antsy and go for kill options, even if it's not safe. Yeah, he can he can definitely take an early stock lead with an incredible combo, but it's not consistent because you're not always going to be landing those. His, his, he does struggle in high percentage situations, I feel like. And if he gets behind in that, it can be really bad because a lot of his best moments come at the mid-percentages where he ladder combos you or something like that. Oh, and he's always uh, thirsty for those up B kills like near the ceiling blast zone. <laughs> So like, totally is. if you just oh, uh, he must be very thirsty for those. If he if he goes through those a little less, I, I think he's trying to style. Um, if he goes through a little less style, a little bit more consistency. <laughs> yeah, uh, styling is really fun though. I love, it. <laughs> I love I love style. Yeah, I, love I, style. I do get entertained when I watch Solidus as Mario though. Like he gets those crazy combos, but like I said, like if he can uh, predict where your opponent's gonna drift. As they're landing, I think he'll have a much easier time landing those up B kills. Yeah. Um. As far as the players who consistently come like all the time, I was I'm thinking that might be about who everybody I wanted to talk about, unless um, there's someone. I mean, I could talk about gnarly or these other people, but they've only showed up once, so I don't have I don't have much to say about them until I see another round with them. Uh well you, you know just Doki. Oh yeah, let just Doki. Last but not least, um, I wish I don't know if he doesn't Doki, have a Facebook, does he? I don't know. If, if just Doki can start learning, just Doki needs labbing. Yeah, unfortunately, I hate to say you need to go to the lab, but Luigi is one of those characters where you just need to lab his zero to death combos, and because that's really all Luigi has, and if he's gonna play Luigi. Uh, it's just lab work. There's nothing. Is Luigi doesn't have the best spacing except for Zier. Uh, I, I I mean, it's just it's just lab work. Unfortunately, it's nothing 
uh, exciting. <laughs> I can much say there. No, there's really not much in Luigi other than he can just do those crazy down air combos that, that can combo you up to like 80%. Sometimes it can lead to like zero to deaths if you can execute yeah. that perfectly. And he, he goes for them too. Just so he, he knows they exist. He's just not executing them. Mm, yeah. I would say. Like so he just needs lab work. But if he can if he can if he can perfect that, he could be the best player out of all of us. Uh yeah, I and I think like Justoki sometimes will bounce around with different secondaries that he'll just use once, but then you'll never see them again. Yeah. And how about we talk about some of the players in our top eight power rankings? Okay, sure, we can do that. Uh, yeah, they were announced. Uh, what are you going to go? Uh, let's not start at the top because what can, what can you improve on at the top? Why don't we start? <laughs> why don't we start out at the bottom and work our way up? <laughs> well, yeah, let's work. Okay. Yeah, let's work your way up to the top. Or yeah, from bottom to top, exactly. Um, Nody. Uh, yes. Yeah. Uh, I I I do know some of my issues, and I think. Uh, Maybe not so much in the first attempt with you. It was more so a couple of the uh, just like the random games we played, uh, friendly little friendlies. I think that really helped me because I was getting into a pattern where it's just like everything's becoming a flowchart. Like I know, like if I do this, you respond with this, with that. If I do this, you respond with that. And like I was getting like stuck and a little frustrated. But and then I'm like, hey, let's just do something different. And then like that kind of opened up possibilities. Because even though it might not have been a better option, it um, I feel like it just it mixes it up, and like you're you're not like it's no longer just like hey, we I know exactly what Nude is gonna do. So my and like what I what I'm referring to was that like a lot of my options, I was noticing that I do everything off of a jump. Like if if I was gonna like you know gyro, I would jump gyro. If I was gonna you know neutral B, I would jump neutral B. If I was gonna nair, I would jump nair. Like, it was everything and started with the jump. So I didn't even, like, that was my main form of movement. So I kind of had, like, the Titan Killer issue, where it's just instead of the, uh, instead of rolling everywhere, I was short hopping everywhere. And I think that really kind of, like, helped because I was finally able to take, like, a game off of you. I'm like, okay, okay, I think that really helps. But uh, that I think that's my main issue. Uh, and also the fact that I, I feel like I play at a rhythm where if you play me enough times you can just kind of like read me but i don't know what are your thoughts yeah, that just comes out of the ability to read people um i feel like if i were to hit your shield you you try to punish it oh yeah that's <laughs> that is... i think I, 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 but that also just comes with experience you know mm-hmm. uh so it, a lot of it is just like well do you have the range to be able to punish a well spaced um forward air so like if I were to use corn and I you would use like a forward air on you, like, and but if I just space myself out of range, like you'll try to go for a grab, which could like lead me to like a, a free down tilt on you. So I think just may, maybe being more patient and sh- I would say like staying more patient and shield and just like use your judgment to know like when to go for the punish. Um, yeah, no, yeah, you definitely brought that up. I remember. And I'm, 
I would try to do that, but also I think there's times where I just get so frustrated, I just revert back into the, oh my god, I have to punish this. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, that that took me a while to get used to. Mm-hmm. I'd play against like, you know, better players in the Illinois region where I was playing against this chic player where I, I, I was trying to punish like his attacks, but like he would just cross me up and he would just outspace me with the forward, well spaced forward air or neutral air. And I thought I was in range to punish that, but I just every time I would try to punish it, like it, I it would just lead me to taking hits that I shouldn't have taken otherwise. And I so what I learned was I just need to like maybe reset the situation by retreating and just landing into a a newer spot where I can just reset the situation all over again. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So basically instead of trying to punish, just like reset neutral and try to win the neutral. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, And I think we've gone over like maybe like use like faster moves out of shield. So like do more, like try using more like forward rising forward airs or down tilts or dash attacks out of shield. Mm -hmm. I think that'll help you like speed up Rob a lot. Because like you've been, you've expressed to me how you like struggled against Haven Loss, for example, and I figured like if you just use your fastest options out of Shield, that's like one way to be able to keep up with characters that have quick frame data, like Haven Loss. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I definitely could see you like easily like get into like the top, you know, five, top three, maybe, you know, like. It's just these, you know, if we went over, if you like, if we went over like some of the things that we've covered and, uh, but yeah, is there anything else you have to say? Is there anything you have to say, Bobby, about nudie? Like, um, I think, I think. I think that um, I think I'd like to see more forward tilts and, and down tilts from you, Nudie. Okay. Uh, I think that you tend to. I mean, and this might be because because you're always short hopping, mm-hmm. um, but I don't see you throwing off those just those get off me options a lot. Um, yeah, and that's kind of like what the which, forward tilt is for. Which, which means that if I can just make one read on you and you're not using those get off options, mm-hmm. you, uh, you just end up as combo food on your off stage. Hmm. Um, so, but I would, yeah, I think, I think I'd like to see, cause, cause four tilt and four tilts under down tilt's amazing for Rob. It's like one yeah. of the best. Yeah. Down four tilt's pretty underrated though. It's, it's, it has longer range and it's still, Still a pretty good move. I, I I would definitely think that when you're fighting a Link or another Sortie, you would use that a lot due to its range, and you need to contest that range. Yeah, the, um, the advantage Fortale has that uh, the other moves Rob doesn't have is the range. It covers the range that Rob lacks from when it comes to like close combat. So yeah, so I, I'd like to see you use. Uh, from my experience in playing Link and other Sorties. I'd like to see you use that option more in those matchups. Mm-hmm. Um, I definitely think sorties are probably a playstyle weakness of yours, and I think you could integrate that more. Okay. Yeah, I do like 
how you do a really good job of landing those down air spikes. Like you, you know, like how your opponent is going to recover. So what you do is like, you'll just go off stage and land the down air spikes, or you'll just go off stage and land that uh, side B, the spitting move. And you know, like you do a pretty good job of like, you know, reading the recoveries, I feel. Okay. Um, Make them get in against you. Remember, most sorties don't have projectiles. Um, and the ones that do uh, are are slow. <laughs> so, 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 um, uh, just, just, just knock them back and uh, understand threat ranges. Like, what, what is the safe range they want to play in? And what is the safe range you want to play in? Because you're you have like a you have you, yeah you have you have the range to contest sorties if you if you choose that option, and you also have the projectiles to uh, to try to keep some of the faster sorties at bay if you just knock them back with uh, with forward tilt. All right, so that's all I gotta say. Yeah, um, some numbers. So yeah, you know, we got hey. So we got Haven. Haven lost. Uh, Haven lost is very, very fast. Uh, very, very evasive. Um, down bees a lot. Um, and gets a lot out of it. And for improving online, it's really hard for me to say that that isn't the optimal play style. Um, the down B and never being disadvantaged. If you were playing offline, I would I would have different recommendations, but I I don't think there's too much to be said for Haven Loss's online play style. I, I don't think Haven Lost converts on combos as well as I'd like to see other Zero Suit Samus players converting. Uh, he just plays a very good and safe and, and is very hard to catch. Okay, so like his, uh, his playstyle is more neutral focused and just like, and instead of like converting uh, advantages to kills, he just reverts back to neutral and continues to try to win that neutral, you're saying? Yes, he does convert, he does convert it into kills, okay. if I could be honest, but only when he lands the down B. And once you, once you learn that's what, what Haven is going for, mm-hmm. a lot of people will just stay in the air and if they get hit, Oh, they'll just tech roll, and and be okay, and then reset the neutral and, and try to rebeat Haven in neutral. And over enough trades, Zero Suit will lose that matchup because she's lighter. Hmm. Um, so I think I think I'd like to see Haven be able to. I don't, I don't see Haven going for. Um, I'd like to see Haven personally probably forward air more off stage, go for a little bit more aggressive gimps than always trying to get uh, down beyond stage into up B. Oh, uh, I think that's more of a. So like I, I, he does it against me a lot, but I feel like that's just because he he chases me off stage. I feel like well, he, he yeah he he did that a lot against me and that maybe 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 he did not go off stage a lot against me because I was always bomb recovering and I've only played Haven once. So mm. I may, may, I, I, my matchup against Haven, my matchup experience against him might be skewed 
Did he fish um, with the Nair down B a lot? The the spike. Yeah, he definitely fishes with with Nair and down B a lot. I don't see a lot of other uh, neutral options coming out from Haven though. I like I would think that you know like short hop forward air and then like uh you know then retreating in the air like just spacing that might be really good uh, just uh, just a lot of minor optimizations i feel like to just add a little bit more pressure yeah no no that makes sense i i definitely feel that like um even though like he like be, uh, he beats me a lot of the times um a lot of his uh patterns are very um they're noticeable. They're just fast. Like that's, they're that's just really, yeah. They're, they're they're noticeable. You you learn them, and if you if if you play a faster character, you could beat those. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're playing a slower character, it's really hard to punish his options, mm-hmm. uh, and you essentially have to rely on reads. But over the course of the games, you will you will learn those reads. It's very hard to deal with out of the gate, but yeah, give it. A, you will catch on. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I just, I just need to see just like one or two more mix-ups a game, probably, and or, or, or options that he doesn't typically go for, other than his normal go-to's uh, to try to keep opponents on his toes, and he probably would tip the tides. He does have an amazing off-stage game. Like he'll go off-stage and throw out those forward airs if he wanted to. Yeah. And- okay. Um, he didn't. He didn't do that against me. Maybe, maybe because it was just a matchup. So I actually thought that was something he needed to work on more. But both of you are telling me that's not the case. <laughs> no. Nah. Well, the, one of the good, one of the uh, reasons he got seventh is just like I think he got he placed third at the one tournament that uh, Kevin ran, where you know I went all Robin and you went Violet the whole time, and yeah. And then he also placed first at the one tournament that Cherry ran, and he, you know, double eliminated Santiago. And then he placed third in the champions bracket uh, two weeks ago behind Luxray and me. Yeah. Well, so that's that's kind of why I think he got seventh. Mm -hmm. Uh, But but those were very close matches. I would say it, it. I I was not able to figure things out until a game three and a half four on him. Um, so I'm not even sure. I, I, I'm not even sure if if it was the best of if it was the best of three. He might have had me, but uh, I'm so happy it was the best of five because I had more time to try to learn that matchup on the fly. Yeah, I mean with Zeros and Samus, what you have to do is you can't combat her frame data. So what you do is you try to, you know, see what she's going to do to her, her first move and what she'll follow it up afterwards. So, if it, for example, like if she does like a fastball there, like you don't know if that when that's going to come out. So you're going to see you're going to try to read what she'll do after she does her fastball there. And, you know, yeah. try your best to punish that second read. Yeah, yeah exactly. It's, it's all about the second read. That's why it's going to be a. It's going to be grab. Oh, then you got to you got to spot dodge. It's going to be a down B. Maybe then you got to use your up tilt, up tilt or something like that. Is it going to be? Yeah, it's it's about that second read. Mm-hmm. Like what what she's going to do after. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, do not. Yeah, don't go. Don't go after what what's currently in front of you. Go after what like they'll do after what you know what's currently in front of you. If you know what I mean. <clears throat> um. Uh, yeah. Is there anything else we have to say about uh, Haven Lost before we move on? Nope. That's nope. it. Yeah. 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 Then we got Santiago. I mean, he's got a really good villager. I mean, it's very aggressive. Uh, very fun to watch. Like I, I, I just love like seeing him like set up all those traps and he knows how to read. Like he, it's one of his best traits, in my opinion, about Santiago's gameplay. It's just his ledge gate setup, like with the tree, and he like will land the bowling ball on you. Uh, yeah, I love Santiago's gameplay. I wish. Um... You know, surprisingly, he doesn't really land his ledge trap options on me. Um, I don't know why that is, um, but he always puts the tree in the same spot. Uh, he always goes to the bowling ball. Um, it, I, I, I think that I would. They're all they're the best options. But I feel like I just would sometimes like to see. I'd like to see him try to throw out a bad option once in a while to try to bait the opponent into his best options because the best options for villager. I feel like I was, I'm eventually able to read and, and get through. Um, so like, like for example, I, I played villager once um, against, um, oh, I, I don't even remember, but against Deemer in a, in a best of 10. <laughs> um, and I, I put the, I put the tree on the, Platform, and the tree covered ledge get up instead of trying to make it fall from the uh, from the edge of the uh, you know off the stage, and I and just controlling a different area of the stage, um, I felt like you know it got me that kill. I'd like to see I'd like to see him go for different. Uh, he always goes to try to control the same areas of the stage. Because it's always his best option. I'd like to see him choose secondary options and try to control different areas of the stage once in a while. Is, is what I guess I'm trying to say. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't think I actually got to play Santiago. No. Yeah, I don't, yeah, I don't recall <laughs> being uh, getting a chance to play Santiago, which is kind of a shame. But like you know, um, because he won't be uh, available uh, for the next coming season. Yeah. Well. Well, he's well, he's in college now, so usually around then, like college kids, you know, get off of school around Thanksgiving, and then so you essentially have one week to be able to have to be able to play him. I'll make sure you fight him round one. Yeah, we'll just set you up against him, or <laughs> okay. we'll, or we'll we'll have to make a special request to Kevin to make it like a uh, challengers bracket, or no, a cha- yeah, challengers and champions, where we have it in a round robin format where. All of us are forced to be playing against one another. That'd be fun. <laughs> uh, I, 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 Santiago does a, have has a really good mix-up game. Uh, he doesn't go for like the same option two times in a row. And uh, I don't. That's contrary to what RP4 just said. <laughs> yeah, no, no, he no, no, doesn't, no, no. What, no, no, not, I'm not talking about like the ledge game. I'm talking about like oh. if he's on, if they're both on stage, like, oh, like, like if they're both on stage, like he won't go for like a 
a uh, slingshot every time you're in the center. You're, 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 like right. He'll, you're right. Yeah. He mixes up his on stage more than than his his ledge game. I I guess what I'm trying to say is I'd like to see him mix off his ledge game. I can't remember the last time I really saw Santiago actually go off stage and try to use somebody with like down air. Like he's always setting up free. He's always using bowling ball. Those are his bread and butter options. I never see him try to, to use any other options in in ledge trapping scenarios. So, um, but his onstage game is just as usual. I really just think it's uh, offstage game needs uh, just to be brought up to par, and he'd be a force. Oh yeah, he would definitely be like a force to be reckoned with. I mean. Uh, if he felt more comfortable, I think, you know, also too, he needs to play a bit more campy with Villager because that's the whole point with playing the character. Like, I, I do like, I mean, he is a very aggressive player by nature, but if he can just somehow uh, switch that play style to a more campy style, I think he, I, I think he would be a lot scarier for sure with Villager. Uh, I mean, he does a pretty good job with, you know, playing the character the way it's meant he played in an aggressive manner, but I never see him play like a campy villager. Like he's always like in your face and just always like playing around your defensive options. But a lot of times when you get too aggressive, you tend to, you know, take more like unnecessary hits. Next is uh you, Bobby. Well, I don't know if I want to talk about me. <laughs> Oh my gosh! Uh, let's see. You have a very good I, evasive game. Like I, I think don't think I read. I don't think I read opponents that well. Yeah, no, you do. Like you read my like get up. Uh, you read my like landing options pretty well. Like you know, like where like I go at pretty. I don't. I don't think I. I don't think I. I convert my. Uh, I convert my early percent combos very well. I don't think I convert my mid percent combos very well. I don't think I land, uh, but maybe it's because they don't exist. I don't know, but uh, I don't feel like I am good at. Um, I, I feel like my mid percent to late percent games are really lacking. Um, I really struggle to find safe kill options, um, and. Uh, you may you may say differently, but um, in in when I'm under pressure, I'm man, it's really hard to throw out a, a smash attack and go for that kill. Um, and I really I really struggle with also um, fade back forward airs in most matchups, whether it be Lucina or your pit. Uh, fade back aerials are really hard for me to punish because none of my moves come out fast enough where I can. I can really punish them. Um, I really don't know how to deal with those. Huh. Uh, you, you mean like fade back? Like if I j- jump back and like, do like a short hop forward air is what you're saying? Like a short hop, like a short hop forward air and then, you, and then you fade back with it and you just kind of throw out that hitbox. But then you've, you've, you've spaced it correctly and, and you've just – you're now just yeah. – I, I, I can't – like, none of my projectiles are fast enough. Except for maybe arrow, which I'm a little, I I'm starting to use that a little bit more, but I don't really like like arrow leads to nothing except for just five percent damage. It's not worth really. It's not like worth throwing out for me. Um, so I don't I don't know. I, I hate I hate dealing with that, and I really don't know how to uh, 
I really don't know how to deal with that that zone that's kind of just in your face, but not close enough where my sword can reach you. Hmm. Well, my like as we've talked about before, I'd say the best way is just to retreat. Do not combat their fast frame data. Uh, and whenever you have the opportunity, just you know, do your best to punish entirely. And so, so difficult. So easy to say, but but when you're on ledge and you, you can't retreat, like well, you're okay. just stuck. <laughs> yeah. So like, crom's up B recovery, right? Well, we don't even have a crom at this point. So, um, like, like, but in general, though, like with characters like rush with like hyper aggressive rush down characters like Falcon, uh, Roy, Crom, like they tend to weave in and out. So what you have to be careful of is just not like get overwhelmed by their fast movement, you know, with their, you know, with their crazy dash dancing or foxtrots. Yeah, that's the word foxtrots. The other thing I I would say I do a lot is I, I actually go for a lot of like highly technical things Mm. with bomb. And, um, I, I start doing what I want to do. And then, like my fingers will get jumbled because uh, what I'm trying to do is too technical, and I ended up with I ended up like screwing it up with a misinput like halfway through. <laughs> oh, <laughs> it actually happens more often than, than I'd like. <laughs> at least at least once a game, and I'm like, ah, oh, shit. <laughs> yeah, you do a pretty good moment. Like you, I that I can see failing that pretty frequent. But yeah, as you were saying, uh, Chompy. No, I was saying that with your bomb recovery, like you do, you're very consistent with coming back on stage with a bomb recovery. Oh, I, like- I, I recently added that to my repertoire where I, uh, so before I was only recovering one way with bomb, which was uh, just u- utilizing my second jump and then just bomb recovering from the, from the apex, that second jump. But I added to my repertoire probably about a month ago, uh, recovering without util- using the second jump. Um, and I've gotten some really funny plays off of it. Like when someone tries to come out and challenge me, I I make sure I have that bomb. Man, I'm going to blow myself up. I'm going to take you with me. And if I'm in the and if I end up in the position where I'm near you at the end of the sequence, I'm I'm pressing that B, and you're going for right off the top of the stage. <laughs> <laughs> oh, nice! It, it it's happened in more than a couple matches. So uh, yeah, I've that because I don't want to be challenged off stage too much um, because I'm very susceptible without the bomb. Um, but yeah, I'm, I've but I really need to stop uh, that fingering buttons or or just stop going. Well, I, I'm not going to stop going for these high, highly technical bomb combos that rely on me throwing out one move, then I re-grab the bomb and drop it on your head, and then I do another move, and I'm re-grabbing yeah. the bomb with that move and re-dropping it on your head. Like, that that shit is just a lot of uh, resource management, and uh, it's just it's just practice to, to not fat-finger those uh, those combos. Yeah, I feel but, it. But, yeah. but the, bigger macro, the, bigger macro, the bigger macro deal for me is dealing with... Um, dealing with those forward airs and and what i can tell you is i'm gonna try to use b reverses more to deal with those but i can't um i hate if i b reverse at ledge which is the thing i'm like the most afraid of doing 
I'm just I'm, I just put myself in an awful situation where I'm probably losing a stock. So like just just going for that option, knowing that it's the best option. But if I mess it up, I'm losing a stock. It's it's really scary for me to go for. You know, what I never see you do, Bobby, is uh, when you're at the ledge speaking is uh, I've seen you do a lot of forward airs, but I never see you do like neutral airs off from the ledge. Oh, I do. Uh, especially what, well, no, not, no, no, not like, as, not like when you're hanging off from the ledge, like you'll do like this, uh, drop down forward air, but you don't do like a drop down neutral air. It has less range and, uh, it's, it, it has less range and I feel like it's more punishable, but I will do that option if there's a bomb on stage. Cause I like to kick the bomb towards you. Yeah. That, that's something like you maybe the only, that is like the only time I will do that. I, I don't know. My my just needs to be improved. I have to master the rivers so that I can come back safely and know that that's an option for me, and not just end up putting myself in a position where I'm going to lose a stock um, because so, I will just lose a stock if I mess the reverse. So, uh, Rob, when you you're talking about your B versus what what move are you B reversing? Your boomerang? Your... So like, like like for example, if I'm hanging on ledge, uh-huh. right? I can drop down from ledge, jump backwards, reverse the boomerang to get back on stage. And jumping backwards gave me enough space to throw that boomerang out. But if I screwed that B reversed up and I don't get the uh, reverse momentum, now I have no double jump and I'm kind of really, really far away from the ledge. And I'm probably losing a stock. So I, I'm really afraid to choose that option i see i see does does the does the boomerang uh, project you backwards so like since you're b reversing it you're getting on stage no it's just it's just it's just it's just wave bouncing it oh it's just wave bouncing okay 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 so the wave oh. bounce is getting you on the stage and they're getting the boomerang to yeah but if i if i like, like that, if i screw up the wave bounce if i script the input i i'm basically losing the stock yeah because you don't get a lot of like vulnerability yeah, because I, I I'm not going where I want to go, and now I'm just now I'm just stuck off stage without a double jump, and there's a downer coming from somewhere. <laughs> yeah, you know what I've seen you do a lot. You've been doing a lot more, Bobby. That like I've been really happy to see is you're doing like a lot more one hit back air to up smash or up B as like a kill confirm. So so I used to do that For a while. Actually. Bobby used to have trouble closing out stocks, but I think ever since you discovered the fact that you can do like that one hit back air to like up B or up smash, like you've been closing out stocks that way. It, so it makes it up different more. ways to close out stocks. Uh, see, secret. I used to do that more. Um, and yeah. Are you still on the call? Uh, Bobby? <laughs> <laughs> I think, I think he uh, disconnected. Uh, that, that was the biggest, uh, what is the cliffhanger ever? Yeah. Oh yeah. I we were like, uh, what? Oh no. What happened with Bobby? No, but um, before Bobby comes back, he did have trouble closing out stocks. Like, he'd be really good at, like, racking up damage. But, like, anytime your opponent was at kill range, he used to have this habit where he would just, like, throw out the uh, up smash and mm-hmm. force smash. Like, he had that uh, solidus syndrome where mm-hmm. he would do that a lot. But then he, like, recently discovered, like, you know, there's just different ways to close out stocks. Yeah, I think you know. I think this is an issue that happens to a lot of mid mid level players who are trying to learn the game, mm-hmm. and like it's just um, 
learning your kill confirmed. Oh, uh, there he goes. He gets disconnected. Yeah, but, uh, learning your kill confirms, and uh, it's every it's the majority of them are character specific. So, yeah, I I think that's something that like who for whoever's listening, like you know, even we struggle with this. And oh know, yeah, <laughs> um, though I think it's a really big uh, like, once you get a couple kill confirms down, like it drastically improves your gameplay because it no longer are you suddenly like shifting to a very unsafe playstyle when you want to try to you know uh, finish close out a stock. You're actually you know, making, like, calculated uh, moves that can guarantee a stock. Yeah, definitely. I mean, uh, if your opponent is spacing around, you know, or, yeah, playing around your kill options, it's very difficult to close out stocks. So what you have to do is you have to, like, put your opponent in a corner where you're giving them less options to work with. Mm. And the less options your opponent has to work with, the more the easier it is to land on the kill reads that you want so it's like if you're if your opponent is in a corner their only two options would be probably what shield or maybe a full, full hop above uh, the character hey you're back yeah i lost connection uh yeah, you uh, you left at the the most exciting part <laughs> what, what what i was what i was trying to say you can just clip these areas together uh but what i was trying to say was um I was playing in I, I was unknown to me when I redid my setup with my projector playing on a wireless connection even though I had the wire plugged in because I didn't switch to switch settings so I didn't I wasn't landing those first hit back airs into the up bees and up tilts because um, it wasn't working with more lag but I'm actually landing those again now that I set it back to wired so I, maybe even just that a little bit of improvement will help me. Hmm. Well, you also uh, said that you have a, your your wired connection is working again, so maybe you'll be able to have like the wins again against some of these players. No, 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 exactly. It, it was self induced because I I bought a connection to to so I didn't have to play with wires going all over the place. Like I foot long HDMI cord, <laughs> and, and I reset up the switch, but and I plugged the wire in, but I didn't change the switch setting. So, I, you know, my bad. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, were we talking? Were we moving on to Luxray? Well, what we well what we were going to talk about is we were just talking about how you know you go about cl- closing out stacks and how much better you have become at doing that, and how you know you put your opponent in a corner. And you just were able to narrow down the options that your opponent likes to favor, and then you capitalize on that. That's bomb. It's because it's, it's of bomb. Well, you, <laughs> yeah, well, you, well, but then you also pressure them with you also land kills with your up, with your aerial up B and your forward airs. Oh yeah, no, dude, that up B has huge range. I love using that thing, um, but I really have to bait them out because if I don't bait them out, it's. Uh, I'm gonna die. <laughs> yeah. Um, high risk, high reward. As you said, Chompy, it's worth going for if the reward's there. Definitely. Is there anything else that nudie that you have to say about Bobby? Mm, not much, but like I'm, I'm really excited. I, I want to play you some more. We'll have to do a first attempt sometime. <laughs> I'm happy to do it, even later today or tomorrow. So we'll see. Okay. All right, so then we'll move on to Luxray, the the new blood on the horizon. 
very dangerous. <laughs> <laughs> very dangerous. Uh, he just kills you instantly <laughs> with revenge. Um, so, but I feel like the biggest thing is he's he is always going for revenge. Uh, Thor B with with Incineroar. He's mm-hmm. he going for that a lot and so um uh, it's hard hard to say mix up your options because Incineroar can't he doesn't have the speed to mix up his options um but I guess I, I guess he should just try to like he he always goes for an aggressive option I think he should try to bait people out a little bit more so he can hit his uh his I, power moves. You know, I actually agree with that. Because like I only played a couple of games with him on the on the champions bracket. I was actually surprised that they would take two games from him, but like the difference between playing him and playing you guys is that every move from him seemed like the majority of the move. I'm like it seemed like it was a commitment. And like well when when I play you guys it's always like, hey, is this a commitment or is this just like trying to bait? Or like is just trying yeah, it's just trying to do something or trying to read. Um but like with him it was just like constant like I didn't really have time to to collect data because it was just in a way it was like the way I was able to beat him was just I turned my brain my brain off and just started fighting. But um that's kind yeah. of, that's kind of a gamble, but like but yeah, I think that's where he can improve where like instead of making every move a commitment, uh you know, start not committing everything. And that's really risky because if you don't commit, as in, and let me give him the benefit of the doubt. Mm-hmm. If you don't commit as Incineroar, you you're probably getting punished. I see. But you you have to go for that once in a while, so that when you do commit, it, you you can you definitely land and you don't just get shielded or jumped over mm-hmm. and punished. You you have to understand that you have the weight to try like even just once a stack, just just bait it out, just to make your opponent know that it's a possibility, mm-hmm. so that they maybe are stuck in shield a little longer or yeah, a little bit more skilled. Yeah, make them second guess themselves. So when you do commit, you hit. That's what I think. I'd like to see. Yes. But you know he has been kind of destroying us, so that's like really all we can say. <laughs> um, yeah, you you can take it from here. You're the only one who who's who's, who's you did a first attempt with him. What do you think? Uh, what do I think? Uh, I mean, I never really played as Incineroar. Oh, actually, I did play as Incineroar in doubles, but it's not the same as it is in singles. Um, his DK is actually not bad. I mean, the only thing is he goes around. He he's got like a one dimensional playstyle where. Like he'll when he when he dashes in he'll just keep moving forward so like he'll just do either a dash attack or go for a dash grab and all you have to do to you know beat out those two options is just full hop above him and then you know punish him. Uh, it seems like he has it like he's he has a pretty good footsies game I would say like you know he knows like how when your opponent is going to shield. Or, yeah, when your opponent's going to commit to an attack, and then uh, he'll put up his shield, and then he's got a pretty good punish game, I would say. Um, 
you know, and also I think he has a pretty good offstage game as well. Um, I think though one of the main things I'd say he should work on is maybe just going for more like if he's hanging off from ledge, he'll like oftentimes just favor the normal get up as opposed to like there are like you know three other op- get up options like jump, get up attack, roll. But like with Incineroar, you have a fifth one. You can just do like a drop down um, side B grapple. And a lot of times your opponents will shield, you know, because they'll anticipate maybe they'll do a, you know, uh, a drop down forward air or a get up attack. But, you know, I think if he was able to, you know, mix that up, I think, you know, he could be a very confusing player to play against. Um, and playing against Incineroars that have a very strong mix up games can be very terrifying. Sure. And, um, yeah. I just feel like he doesn't his mix up game is just isn't strong enough. He's he's very too committal. So yeah, I I agree with everything you guys have said. Just slightly more mixed up. He also is a very he loves playing with heavy characters. So like he uh, he also plays uh, he also so not only does he have Incineroar and uh, Donkey Kong. Is there anything else about Luxray? Because uh, no, I don't. I haven't faced him enough. Only only. Only two times, I think. No, three times. More, more than you guys. But uh, that's that's probably what I gotta say. Um, and and honestly, two out of the three times I played him were when I didn't realize I was on uh, wireless instead of wired. So I'd like to, <laughs> I'd like to revisit that. <laughs> think about the te- think about the fact that he lived up to like two hundred thirty five percent on FD. Yeah. That was annoying. Uh, yeah, that uh, I don't. I don't got much to say about that. He he lived forever. I couldn't. Uh, but I I couldn't. I couldn't hit a kill setup. So I don't really know. Yeah, I mean he's got pretty good di. So like he knows, like he he, he can make his characters last a very long time. It, I think it's it's the second heaviest in the game too, behind Bowser. Uh, is uh, it a DD? Rule. Is it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, he's up there. He's like top five for sure. Um, yeah, he he's gonna live forever. So, what can you say? Let's see. Um, I guess we have then we have Ruckus. Oh, yay! Ruckus is so fun to watch yeah. and play. Yeah. Ruckus is scary. Uh, I'm just gonna say that. If you make a mistake and he, he can just confirm so much damage on you, he can convert a, lot, a ton of damage on you. And that's just the design of the characters too. So um, I think I need to play Ruckus more. I think if I play more with friendly with Ruckus, it would help me overall because uh, – no, I, I'm changing it. I shouldn't talk about myself. But, yeah, Ruckus is just really good. Yeah. I think – what of his characters do you think is the, is the scariest? The Ryu Ken or the Terry? Uh, Definitely the Terry. I would probably say the Terry too. But he he doesn't go Terry against me, FYI. He thinks Ryu is a better matchup. Really? So, <laughs> yeah. You know, Ryu is like one of the least played characters in the game. <laughs> I feel like yeah, no one believes in Ryu because people just think Kenneth like the, the short Yuken. I think... 
but the thing is, I think Ryu actually has potential, unlike like the whole Marth and uh, Lucina issue where I think, well, I don't know, after post buff that might be different now, but yeah, I, I'm actually surprised he he prefers Ryu. Uh, just I think he prefers I think he prefers Ryu in match matches where he has the counter camp because Ryu's Ryu has better counter camping than Ken. It's just Ken has so many more advantages over Ryu, but Ryu, Ryu does have just better counter camping than Ken with hot tokens. So if he, I feel like he's typically choosing that just for projectile characters. Otherwise, he's doing ten Ken or Terry. Okay. Which kind of makes sense, honestly. But yeah. uh, no, his, his Terry is crazy scary. Um, really, I Jesus. The the best thing I can say when you're facing Terry is get the hell away from him. <laughs> well, I think it's also the fact that like with the whole uh, the goal. The Terry's goal, uh, goal mechanic. Uh, once he hits a hundred percent, it's um, especially if you're you're you haven't learned your kill options, like it just becomes really scary. Because it's just a re- it's it's just a read option that he kills you at eighty or sixty. Yeah, and it's just like if he if he can take that first stock and he's at a high percentage, he lands one combo on you at starter rate at at starter percentage. Not you're already in kill range. He just needs to land a Buster Wolf for Gaijin. <laughs> it's just like it's just like Terry is one of those characters who he, he can if he gets a lead, he can race stocks with with both. I mean, get, imagine this too. You forget. Um, not only do, does that go turn on, he has rage when he's doing those too. Yeah, it's true. It's just it's it just it's just. It gets so scary. So yeah, just and one long read and you're dead. If I recall correctly, I think he's actually heavier than the the rest of them, right? Terry. Yeah, Ryu and Ken. Uh, I'm gonna look this up. Actually, I don't remember. <laughs> I don't. I don't know the. I don't know those weight classes. Uh-huh. But but he he is heavier than Ken. I know. That he's probably heavier than Ryu. Because they're clones, so um, yeah. So that's uh, okay. So as for improvements, um, it's it's hard for me to say because he plays so many characters. He plays all those characters, so there's different things I would actually say he should improve on each character. Um, like, okay, so for Terry. I would say he really goes for – he's always going for uh, down B after a jab combo. I really never see him choose another option for that. So I I have, wasn't able to punish it before, um, but I think I'll be able to punish it now that I've recognized that pattern. What's so I, down B? Can you remind me? Uh, or he jumps into the air and then – Fists oh, the that one though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So oh, yeah. What's the one with the What's the one with the flames? Uh, He's going for that even on shield, um, which is like all the time. Like I don't see him mixing it up enough. So I I'm gonna be looking out for that. Um, I would say that he also, um, 
I would also say against ranged characters, he might struggle a little bit, like sword sword characters. Um, but he needs to use his forward air more. Um, forward air is really good for Terry. It, it's kind of it really puts his leg out there. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, actually, the forward air actually clanks with um, energy based projectiles. So, like moves like Luke, uh, Mewtwo's Shadow Ball. Like if it's not charged or Samus, like you can just hop over he, it and just you know clank it with a long lasting fare. He needs to use that move more often. That move is incredible. Covers covers really good face, except for when he's below somebody and they're on a platform. Then I think Terry might have a little bit of a hard time trying to hit them. Um, and he probably just needs to end up using uh, going under them for up air, but that can that, that starts to get predictable. Um, so I, I, if he could force people off platforms and to fight on on the ground, I think he probably has the biggest advantage. Just based on his moves, his movements, I would say. So you're saying he, it's like so like if they're on the platform. So, like, what you're saying is, like, let's say if they're on, like, a Smashville platform and he's just on the ground, like, does he just, like, wait for the player to come a, down? Yeah, he has a big disadvantage because his forward air kind of hits diagonally below him. Mm. Uh, he doesn't have a lot of – Terry doesn't have a lot of moves to deal with people on platforms. So, honestly, like, he's really good. I, I, I think he just – almost, I would say, just be careful of what stages you're playing him on. And – he needs to be mindful of of he. I think he is pretty mindful of his character's weaknesses, but I think he a lot of time when he counterpicks like stages and stuff like that, I feel like he's counter trying to counterpick the other character and doesn't take into account what his character's weaknesses are. But he then just goes ahead and mitigates that by choosing Ryu over Terry or something like that, and and completely throws that out the window. So I, I don't know. It's um, <laughs> he's. He's he's kind of guys. He kind of has a good game plan, actually. Mm-hmm. I don't know, rookie. What do you think? Hmm, yeah, I mean, he's very good on FD. Like, like he's just right, so right. unstoppable. Like, Cause, cause I, Terry, I learned Terry's that. In- I learned the hard way that you know you can't take you know characters like uh, Ryu and Ken and Terry. Like they they play that strong footsies game, and you know you're playing a game like Street Fighter or uh, Fatal Fury where you know, you're just literally moving left and right, and you just jump. You know, there's no platform. It's, it's so amazing that that's how representative of the game they are. That that they're so much better on flat stages than platform stages. Like, like I was saying before, I think Perry is just not that good. I because because of the way his forward air lands. I, I agree. Um, I I feel like just just keeping that in mind and 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 trying to take people to flat stages all the time. Um. Playing to your character's strength rather than your opponent's weakness when you're probably better than them, um, I'll probably lead to more consistent results. Um, yeah, I think, yeah, I think that's probably it. And uh, I mean, I mean, he did take the win off of Luxray, and then he, you know, managed to beat, you know, take a set off of me in the champions bracket, and then. Um, 
and, you know, and he, so like, he, he doesn't have any bad, like, knock-him-down losses, too. Like, like all of his losses that he had were just, like, losses that were, like, within top five, I would say. Yeah. yeah. Um, then we got uh, Handyman. Just going all King Carol. He... Um... I don't know. He's very good. I have to yeah. step away again real quick, but yeah. Uh, we, we we just began talking about Handyman. Um, that guy, he has come such a long way from when he first started learning, you know, the fundamentals of Smash. Like, um, it was from, like, this goes all the way back from Smash 4, where, you know, he just, he, he like, solo made Charizard. I don't know if any of you guys know that. No, but you know he's he is very good. Uh, he, um, what can he improve on though? Um, well, I just want to go over like the history of him and just like how much he has improved over yeah. time. Um, he when he first like wanted got into like competitive Smash, um, he struggled in the community. Like he wouldn't place very well. He would go for like a lot of like Randy options. So, like, he would go for, like, Charizard's Flare Blitz and would oftentimes just go for, like, you know, high committal options like forward smash and, you know, up smash. But, and he would, and then when you're on the ledge, he would often go for, like, you know, the normal, you know, get-up attacks. But, you know, he was very, we were, you know, he actually lived, lives in, you know, the, you know, the town that we live in, Bobby. Yeah. And, like, so we were able to, like, practice all the time. And, like, I would just, like, mentor him and, you know, show him all the, you know, tips and tricks on, like, how to play, like, a strong footsies game. Um, And, you know, he gradually, you know, slowly but surely improved over time. Um, Even though he never made, like, the Illinois PR, like... He was always like a contender, just like a force to be reckoned with that, you know, people were aware about him once he really improved and just understood like the neutral. Um, and um, get, unfortunately, Charizard was not a very char- good character, so he could only do so much. And, you know, he did the best he could with, you know, with the options Charizard had. But now with Ultimate, I mean... He was very happy that, you know, King Karul made it into this ultimate. And funny enough, he actually was not going to play ultimate if King Karul was not going to be in the game. Because of the fact that with Charizard, you're forced to play as the other two Pokemon. As opposed to, you know, you, you know having the option if you wanted to play solo, you know, Charizard the entire time. But, um, you know, he's... With King, but yeah, with King Karul, he's got a very strong, um, you know, fortress where he can shoot out the cannonball. And if he knows that your opponent's going to hop over it, like he can read that and go for like a forward air. Or if you see your opponent shielding, like he'll go for the, like the, you know, the dash grabs. And he's got an extremely strong punch game. But I think it's just from like me teaching him, like, how to like play like the you know best punisher game that you can possibly do with the you know with the options your characters have. I think 
I don't know what he can improve on, if I could be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that uh, the recent buffs to King K. Rule, um, uh, I, I was beating him before the buffs, but now that he has more super armor in that side B, uh, I am having trouble getting through him. It makes so, such a difference, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, it, it does. So I, I don't really know. Um, I kind of feel like I did, would have to play him more to, to see if I could figure out a weakness that could be improved on, but I, I really can't comment on him right now. Um, I just, well, yeah, I just also want to point out, like, you know, it's gotten to the point where at this point, like, Andy and I are literally even, and, and like, it could be one day he would win like a set over me, and the next day it would be like me winning the set over him. So it, it's like pretty much 50-50. And he has a, uh, been attending to other Wi-Fi weekly events, and he would often like place like, you know, top three, you know, at pretty much every other, at this other Wi-Fi weekly that he's been attending. But now he's been like recently been, you know, taking a break, you know, because he doesn't want to like, over he does doesn't want to get um burnt out by the game, mm-hmm. so it's just kind of like you know a good way to like refresh in your mind to avoid any burnout. Because if you get burnout, like you're not gonna play nearly as well, and you're just gonna you know uh you get more um hasty. I would say I, I don't know if there's like a better term for it, but like Nudie, you've played uh, handyman, right? Yeah, I played a couple of friendlies against him, and that was post-buff, but I don't think it would have made too much of a difference. I just know that, uh, uh, I mean, I play Kenke Rules online all the time, mm-hmm. uh, and his is definitely, like, you can't just treat him like a random person online, a random Kenke Rule online. He he definitely knows um, knows his thing. It's It's been a... It's been a while for, uh, since the last time I played a friendly with him, so I can't. I don't have too much to comment on it. I just know that he is um, definitely better than most King Kiros I play against. I don't know if I have anything to tell to say to help him improve because uh, I haven't actually been able to figure him out yet, too. Um, if I had to make mention of one thing, I think Andy could improve on is just. Um, not putting yourself in the corner too much. Um, he's all like, because oftentimes it's again like, uh, he has this issue where if your opponent spaces spaces out, they attacks. You know, uh, he oftentimes tries to go for the punish, but then you know if it misses, then you are pretty much you know taking free hits that way and. Uh-huh. Um, you, you notice that's been kind of a trend lately, right? Like, both me and Rob, uh, like, as an RP4, like, we both struggle against, like, rising fair fade back. Or, and, like, or like if I landed, like, a back air on you, you so you try to punish that, but then it's, like, uh, I can just, you know, punish that option with, like, a dash grab or dash attack. Or, like, a down tilt. Yeah. So, like, it, it, this has actually been kind of a trend where even handyman will will try to punish when like probably they sh- she should just like not punish or and I, and, I, and I, I totally get what you mean by like staying on the, uh, uh, the at the ledge because when you stay at the ledge you don't get yourself 
the 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 freedom to move around. You, it's a lot easier to space uh, and uh, space safe moves when uh, your opponent's at the, uh, at the ledge. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Um. So yeah, that's one thing you're saying that Andy can imp- probably improve on. Yeah, I would say that, and I think maybe do more like the. Um, have you seen those crazy uh, crown tosses where they'll like when the crown comes back like a boomerang, they like slide like halfway across the stage. Yes, I have. <laughs> what do you, Bobby? What do you think of that? Like, do you think Andy should like incorporate that into his gameplay? I think that's very difficult to incorporate, especially on Wi-Fi. But if you can, but I mean, like, how useful very, would you say it very, is? He's a very fundamentally sound player. But if you were, if you were to incorporate that, you know, you know, the biggest thing I can say about Andy is um, all the best King K role players I've seen, Kirby Kid. Uh, ben Gold, um, they never just run over and pick up the crown like Andy does. They are always, they're always picking their crown up within another animation. Mm. They're never dropping the precious frames. Um, Andy will sometimes just go and pick up his crown, and he won't like reverse blunderbuss to pick up his crown. Or, uh, I mean, he does do a lot of dash attack through his crown to pick it up. Which is one thing I see a lot of other King K rule players going going for, but I think I think Andy just he just every frame on a heavy you play is precious, and I I, I don't know I sometimes notice wasted frames when he's going to pick up a coin. Yeah, that's that's the only thing I could possibly say. So basically, frame data and yeah, utilizing utilizing don't get yourself caught in lag. Just like I never try to get myself caught in lag when I to catch a boomerang, or I try to minimize that. Just try to minimize when you have to pick up, like, like your pick, like your animations that you're doing nothing, right? Mm. Yeah, I would just say so like I, using I, faster options too. I mean, the also the other thing that also helped Andy out in the past was um, whenever he'd go off stage. So you know King Carol's up B is so linear that you can just anybody can go off stage and just like hit him with a back air, right? Or sure. any space through aerial. So what Andy does that he learned from Ben Gold from when Ben Gold came uh, into one of Andy's two GG events was Ben Gold showed him this really cool tech where you can stall off stage by uh, spamming the up air. Because the up air lasts so long, like when you're up in the when during his active frame, yeah. and no, he's been doing that. that's been good for him. Yeah, and so I think that helped Andy, you know, mix up like the the, the timings on when to pull up through to uh, throw out the uppy. Because before he wasn't, so you know anybody can just t- easily, like I said, time it to you know where you can just punish him for that. And he is also really good at landing those back air spikes. That's also one of his like <laughs> m- amazing traits about. Him. Well, against you, because you don't have hit. No, but like he does that with anybody he plays against. Okay. Uh... Did you see? How, can we talk about that style that Andy did against just Doki, where he broke his shield and he did that crown toss to back air spike? That was pretty cool. Yeah. But that takes a lot of setup. 
because he knew he knew he could do that off of the uh, off the shield break. Off of, off the, off the shield break. It's similar to just like DDD's uh, setups where you get a shield break and then you just style on them. But it's still really cool. I'm not I'm not taking it away no. from it. No man, yeah, I, I, Andy's really fun to watch. Like he, he, like he knows how to recover. Like he knows, like he he can two frame people with the recovery. I think that's one of the main traits that he that you know, like puts him on top. And just he goes off stage. I, and, I mean, especially with King Carol, just like his like, uh, like you think like he you know he has like limited options, but no, he just goes off stage and just doesn't care. Like he'll. He'll throw out that neutral air and just gimp you. Like, like I, I'll never forget when he went off stage and like used neutral air to gimp your recovery, Bobby. Do you remember? It's hard. Yeah, it, it's hard. <laughs> yeah. I mean, for Lincoln, my mom was on stage when he did that. But like, he goes off stage and like will just you know use a neutral air. Yeah, I know it's it's hard. If he if he get he if he gets that on me. In a game, he's probably winning the matchup, and if he doesn't, uh, I think I have a slight edge. But essentially, all three of stocks, uh, like he can't get me. Otherwise, he's gonna he's gonna run away with that game. But yeah, Andy so, in general is just the most one of the most consistent players. Like he doesn't have any like bad losses. Like I don't think he's. I mean, I think one of his like only losses would be usually to me or. He might, and I think maybe Santiago. I think, but he overall has like a overly positive winning record against him. Yep. Um, was there anything else before we move on, or nope, nope. Uh, so I guess yeah. Number one is myself. I have no comments for you, other than I can say the games I've beaten you in. Our games, I've taken a substantial stock lead in the beginning. Uh, so you are very good when it comes to clutch, but you just you have a tendency for some reason to not come out of the gate strong. To not come out of the so gate. I don't, what do you mean by that? Yeah, yeah, elaborate. Uh, whenever I fight you, especially the first match or two that I fight you. I always seem to have the advantage before you adapt. You don't, you're the better player once you adapt, but you don't adapt quickly enough. It takes you a couple of games to adapt. Um, you, and, and you don't come out of the gate strong. Like a lot of times when I fight you, I, in that first game, I can find myself up two stocks. And then you, and then you make a fight out of it, and I end up winning on my last stock. But then in subsequent games, you'll, 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 and the set will go uh, 3 1. So, so for some reason, you need to find a way to come out of the gate stronger. Do okay. you, Rob, do you think this uh, played a role at all in uh, the 3 0, no, the old 3 against Ruckus? Yes, I do, mm-hmm. and and not only that, uh, not only that, because um, I had played doubles with Ruckus a month before, and when we were fighting you, Chompy, in the in the finals, I was 
I was advice. I was giving a lot of advice on what stages we should go to, and I and I was saying that Ricky's playstyle is very very bait and punish, and he is really good playing around the playing around a platform based bait and punish game. So he was going. That's why he was going to final a lot against you and winning those. Hmm. Um, he, I I think not only did he, I think you're the better player, but I think not only did he. Uh, does he come out of the gate stronger before you could adapt? I think he also was playing to your weak, to playing to your personally, your your personal stage weaknesses. So I um, I do think that had something to do with it. I don't know what you can, I don't know what you need to do to improve that. Mm. Um, but you just need to figure out a way to turn it on sooner. Hmm. Or, or, or you find you might find yourself too far behind to catch up. And, and, I, and I, what I would say, yeah, this always happens. Uh, this especially happens every single time you go into a new, into a new matchup. So, like, I feel like actually, like your personal biggest weakness is changing up characters and playstyles frequently. Um, because you are the better player when you when you have time to adapt but if people can just get bread and butters on you um and then change play styles before you have time to adapt to that um you're playing on their tempo instead of your tempo hmm. so i personally that that's all i got for you man what a, i think you're the best player plus best player here yeah i mean when when when, when, it comes, when he shit hits the fan you're the best player here, but you just got to come out of the gate stronger. Gotcha. Um, I think that, I mean, you throw out your kill options at appropriate percentages. You go for, uh, you, you, you can pull off some really crazy stuff. Like with Ridley, you've, ma- you've recently mastered perfectly uh, using upbeat to downward dive towards the ledge and then use that as a gimp. Which is crazy, um, dude. He he literally uppies and he aims it downwards. Yeah, no, but does that spike? Like, does you aim huge, it downwards? The huge hitbox. Okay, is just leaning at the ledge, and there's nothing anybody can do about it. <laughs> and then, but he's fine because he just grabs ledge. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Um. Okay, so fundamentally, um. I mean, you're really so sound fundamentally. It's just, it's just the character weaknesses with Ridley. Uh, sometimes, Ricky, you're you're just having fun out there with Ridley. I know you are, uh, but sometimes you just go for some really jank shit just to just to go for it, <laughs> just because you think you can get away with it. Like what? And when you don't, you die. Oh, like so, the like the upbeat. You're is that a, like the that that example or like sometimes you'll just go for upbeat, like when you're like. 20 feet above the ground and just try to upbeat them in the air and thinking this it'll, it'll kill when they have when if, if two of their because you know two of the three options are gonna get hit by that upbeat but you know that third option they, they chose that third option it wasn't it wasn't the safest option at the at the moment you didn't fully bait it out you just went for it raw and you're gonna you ended, ended up losing stage position and dying for it uh, so <laughs> Sometimes all, all I can say is you're so fundamentally sound. You just you will just go for those 
uh, crazy. You will try to just get to those those crazy moments, those crazy kill moments, those crazy confirms, mm-hmm. um, the super high risk stuff. Um, and um, like you say, it's oftentimes it's worth it uh, because risk reward. But sometimes it doesn't. Uh, sometimes I say it doesn't work out for you. <laughs> sure, sure. <laughs> it's not. It's not. It's not fully baited out. I don't know. I like to fully bait my options out before I go for something like that, or mostly bait them out. You you seem to throw throw them out a little bit more uh, carefree. Whether that's a good thing or a bad thing, maybe it's actually a good thing. Maybe I'm the one who's wrong. Yeah. After all, you're you're a better player than me. Uh, but I definitely feel like I those are moments to capitalize on when you try to. When you are, I feel like it, it actually a lot of times happens when you're overconfident. Hmm. Interesting. You think you can get away with it, and you don't. You don't really lose those moments uh, normally because you're normally up a lot when you go for that kind of shit. But you can't, also, it's a fast game. Good. <laughs> you know, if if I'm up, I would love to go for jank options too. So I can't blame them. No. Yeah, I can't blame them either. I really can't. I don't know. Uh, but but I, I wish I could I, I wish I could give you fundamental advice, Ricky. But you're a better fun, you're a better player than me fundamentally. All I would say is you have to look inward and find out why against most most of your matches you like. Okay, yeah. You know, when we did that first, when we did that first of ten. Sure. You you and I did that first of ten. I came out. I, I won game one. I came out and I won game two. And then you took, so I, I I came out stronger than you. And then you took three games in a row for me. I won game uh, three and four. Uh, no, sorry, I, I there I took two more, and I was made four three. And then I the rest of the set, you went six and one. I only took one more game off of you in the second half of that set. All my wins. All half of my wins were from the first five games, so there's there's something there, and that's that's something I've noticed consistently. And I don't know I don't know what to tell you. So I, maybe are do you are you are you critically thinking, <laughs> or are you just are you, you I, yeah? So just just are you are you critically thinking every single time you pick up that controller, and you're like actively thinking stock by stock instead of okay. Uh, so that went that way after that match. What could I do? What could I do differently? Um, are you thinking stocks, or are you thinking in between uh, sets? So uh, when I pick up my controller and when I, you know, when I begin playing the game, um, what I do is I'll, I'll scout out what my opponent likes to do and what options they favor for, um, and I'll like put up my shield to see okay how do they approach, you know, me whether it be a grounded option. Or you know, or a landing option, to, and if I can see like my opponent, you know, rolls a lot, or they you know like to spam, like to go for dash grabs, like I let them like land the hits on me, just so I can like be able to you know learn to play around that options eventually. Um, so there you go, there you go. That that's why people are coming out of the gate fast enough. You're, are you are you are you in scout mode too long? I think so. Yeah, I I think I'm often times just like trying to seek out like what my opponent likes to do 
And once I figure out what my opponent likes to do, um, then that's when I, you know, begin begin to play a lot more aggressive and just play you around. Need to, you need to stop. You need to stop scout mode sooner. You're 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 scouting too much. You you need to start to say, okay, you know, I've uh, I've I've seen this once or twice. This is what I'm doing. I'm not going to continue to scout. You have to just go for it. Mm-hmm. I think sooner. All I was saying is, yeah, you're in you're in scout mode too long, and I think you essentially need to uh, to exit scout mode sooner, so you just don't get uh, so, so you, you don't, don't you don't fall behind too much to start because I think actually in best three out of fives you're probably fine, but you're not switching out of scout mode fast enough, and against a better opponent in a two out of three, or not against a better opponent against. An op- opponent of equal skill in a two out of three you might be stuck in in scout mode too long, and they're they're exiting they're exiting that mode and executing their punishes faster than you have decided to do that. So they're taking that decisive they're taking that decisive uh, game from you before you have acted. Sure. Yeah. I mean, uh, I mean, I, I have taken like games off of like players that that are like widely considered better than me and like i feel like i had the potential problem is, is like i don't have time to lab the game out like other players do right so so let me ask you this against players like do you typically find yourself in, in against players who are better than you uh that your games are very very close but you're going 0 and 2 or do you typically find that you're at least taking a game off of them um okay so like okay so i remember Going up against, uh, so you remember that tournament that we went to, uh, Midwest. Sure. Well, you, 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 took, you took a game off Raven. Yeah, I remember then, that. Yeah, and then also I, I was really surprised that I took it. You know, the set against Kane, like he was like top fifteen in Illinois, and like, I, I thought I was gonna lose like, to that to him because after the way I was playing earlier, you know, when I went to that tournament out in California, I mean, I was going up against that Wii Fit trainer named uh, Rockstar Ace. I don't know if you. Did you you saw that set, Bobby? Right. I saw that set. Yep. Yeah, I mean, he, like he, I, I didn't even know how I was gonna do against him. Uh, I mean, but you you lost the first game and then you beat him the next two, right? Yes. Yeah, he did two stock me game game one and then game two I two stocked him, and then game so three. That's, that's an example of you put yourself behind. You might have been in scout mode too long to win game one, but you you were able to catch on quick enough. To execute and and adapt for games two and three, mm. regardless of the counterpick. So I, I just all I can say is you got to try to keep like somehow you got to you, you can't let your scout game go on too long. Otherwise, you'll be you're putting yourself at a huge disadvantage. You can last a stock rather than a game. Mm. Gotcha. Yeah. We've talked about. Players and power rankings this entire night. Uh, yeah, and this has gone on. This has gone on very long, but I think we should probably at least talk a little bit about the tournament last night and then call it. Yeah, for okay. sure. Yeah, I'm okay with that. Um. So, yeah, how did you guys think that the, the pairings were? Were there any interesting pairings? Uh, um. Let's see. So, talking about the pairings. I, I don't see any yeah. Matteo Saz types of pairings that 
yeah. on the table right now. And I, I think that was because of the school situation because they are both going back to school. Uh, right. And yeah. I believe they are going to high school as well. So uh, definitely can't stay up as late. Um, I actually thought it was kind of cool. There was a father and son pairing, and then there was also a husband and wife pairing. <laughs> that was very cool. Yeah. Um, I was super happy we got both of those on stream. That made me happy. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that was that was very good. And um, I thought both pairing both of those pairings did very well. Yeah, no, they they uh I believe they got third and fourth. Uh let me see. Let me see if there is a Yeah, that, that they actually got third and fourth. Yeah, um and they, it was right for, like I what is it? The games against you uh you and um Solidus, they both were really close. Actually, I was going to say uh <laughs> uh yeah, Zeno uh, and his wife. Mhm. Um, outperformed where I thought they were going to be. Yeah, um, they definitely outperformed their seed, and they were very challenging. They were very, they were good. Yeah, it was really fun um, to watch. Uh, yeah, that, yeah. I think that does a lot to, um, and even just going back to what Saj and Mateo did, like mm-hmm. last time we ran this, I think this this speaks volume to just. Uh, real like synergy like partner synergies in real life translate into synergies in smash a lot of times Mm -hmm. um and that was definitely apparent in sasha and and mateo that was definitely apparent in in with with zeno and his wife uh they both played above their skill level when they were playing together and i probably would have said, said the same about uh lux rain and his son uh seven eight nine um I don't. I don't know how seven, eight, nine would pay play in singles. I from his doubles, it, I felt like he was not as good or polished as um, as um, or as, no, not not as as Santiago. Okay, comparing him to another villager, but I felt like when they were playing together, they were having fun and they were covering for each other's weaknesses. Yeah. Better, better than. Solidus and I covered for each other's weaknesses, mm-hmm. uh, even though we're probably better individual players. Uh, you, you know, if, if those were one-on-one matches, mm-hmm. what I'm saying, yeah, no. I would have given us the edge rather. But they they played they played to our level in in the in the in a two v two. Same thing I would say for uh, most of the teams that that competed, like even Chompy and, and Deemer. They were talking earlier about their real life friends that they've gone to tournaments together, right? Mm-hmm. That that showed. Yeah, that no, showed. I, I, I definitely agree. Um, I I wish we had um, uh, more participants, but, I mean, the nature of doubles is that it's just going to require more people, and these these games will last longer just because there are more stocks to uh, to take uh, – to what is it? Take out? <laughs> I don't know if that's yeah. the right term for it, but, yeah. No. More stocks in the game overall. Um, yeah. Uh, were the matches you found that were the most exciting to watch on stream? Um, I, I, yeah, I know, I know there were issues, there were stream issues. Um, but from what you saw, did you have a favorite matchup? I actually really loved the one where <laughs> was was it against you guys? Where uh, 
Zeno and Tanisha where uh it was a one v two and then Tanisha landed the the crit. No, no, not the crit. The uh the counter that reset the, the on game two and took out two stocks. No, it I was remember that. Was, yeah. What you, stage was that on? I, was it against you guys or was it against Ruckus and Smashley? It was probably against Ruckus and Smashley. I don't remember getting a huge counter and, and okay. taking two stacks off. Yeah, yeah, that was against Ruckus and Smashley then. Like, game two, uh, Tanisha and Zeno, they were both, like, it was basically down to just Tanisha left. And uh, what is it? What is it? She landed uh, the counter and ended game two, took out two stocks. And, like, the most miraculous thing was that uh, she hit someone behind her with the, with the, with the counter. Wow. So that was, yeah, so it was, like, the luckiest pixel ever. And I was just like, whoa, okay, okay, what if this turns around? And then it, it ended up turning it around. So that was actually a really exciting. Um, there, yeah. there was... I don't know. There was it, overall there was just a, a lot of like really fun kills. Uh, like I remember seeing one where uh, Chompy got a double kill with uh, an up air off the ceiling really early in the game with Ridley. Chompy, uh, uh, Chompy, are you back? Oh uh, yeah, I just got. Yeah, back. yeah. Do you remember that? What what happened? Uh, you landed an up air and got a double kill in oh, the ceiling. Yes, I did. It was on battlefield. It was against um, RP4 and Solidus. Yeah, that was really fun to watch too. Well, actually, you know what helped? So, what what that what helped was when I looked back at the video, Deemer uh, used the up tilt uh, on Solidus and it launched Mario up in the air, and he happened to be right next to RP4's link. So I just took that opportunity and just used the up air to, you know, close out the stocks that way. <laughs> and yeah, there were some crazy moments where it's like, uh, like even on Yoshi's story, it was up against Jastoki and Mike Jinx were like Ridley landed the double back air kill like off stage. Huh. Yeah, Demer and I have been just like static team partners you know pretty much from smash 4 like we said before like demer and i like when we go to these like small locals we generally place top three there and when we went to smash and splash we got like we placed 25th out of around 80 teams and he, he he plays the role where he'll be the one that you know closes out the stocks while i become like the stock tank so hmm. like i'm so I play. So I'll play as Pit, and he plays as Little Mac, and he just goes in and goes for the long tails. And while I am just there to absorb all the hits, and it makes sense because Pit is kind of a uh, well compared, especially compared to Little Mac. Pit is uh, a lot harder to, uh, to kill. Oh yeah, yeah. We were just talking about uh, the fact that there was a, a a father and son and a husband and wife uh, duo. In our in yesterday's tournament, and like had just had like you mentioned, just having that synergy is actually really helpful. Just because yeah, there's a real life synergy. Yeah, definitely. And and like you know, the same can be applied to you and Demer too, because you guys have been playing together for a while now. Yeah, 
I mean, we've known each other for about six years at this point. Um, and like, you know, just like it's it just the synergies and the play styles just happen to work out because like he's just more like aggressive with his approaches where I can just, you know, stay back and just like absorb the hits if need be and just, you know, go for those chip damages, you know, whenever I can land the hits. Um, he's also very good at like landing those KO punches too. Like, um, it's like crazy to how like you know we've had like situations where we go up against like a team and like we would just land upsets on them. Like you know because they just didn't expect like our play style to function like that. You know like uh, Pitt and Little Mac. Like that's <laughs> like it. it it's crazy, like two obscure characters that you just don't even see like together, and it works. Um. So that's that's probably what I wanted to talk about in terms of doubles. Uh, well, I, I, wish I, could, I, I yeah, I wish I, I you, wish I could talk about the finals, but the stream was broken. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think what we'll have to do is just. Like address it to Kevin, just tell him that if it, if a situation like that comes up, like uh, occurs again, I, I would just either reset the router or just maybe, um, you know, close the arena and just, you know, reopen. Yeah, it. but if you reset the router, then that automatically closes the arena. So, yeah, so yeah. that yeah, so that would that would we would essentially do both if we just reset the router. So I guess you may yeah. as well just reset the router that way. Mm-hmm. Um. Oh, but that was anything else. You oh, guys I want to talk about. I do have one more comment on that, though. The the only disadvantage of re- resetting the router is that you'd have to restart the stream. Oh, yeah, and I think I think we would prefer to keep it in one stream, mm-hmm. uh, just because I don't know. It, it's it's nice to not have to split up the same day into two separate screens. Yeah. Right. Well, I I I think. Uh... I think Kevin should, you know, maybe try using the Twitch stream one day and, you know, see, you know, how that is. But that, we'll that could, yeah, that could work. I, I, it's just to remember that when we did that tournament that one time, uh, the uh, the commentating through Skype did not work too well. It, it's, I don't know if you remember. Oh, God, yeah, I remember. It was horrible. It was, I, I every time I tried to listen to myself, it was just so bad. <laughs> well, was that that tournament when, um, it, where there was like prize money involved with yeah, like, Mr. like with Mr. L, Panda Bear, and uh, lights, like yeah, oh yeah, okay, those guys. Um, uh, but yeah, was there anything else we wanted to talk about before we close it? Uh, yes, yes, go for it. I have one last thing. Uh huh. At the end of the stream, Kevin's idea was to do another crew battle type of formats shortly soon. Oh, yes. Where we would have different regions having crew battles against each other. What do you guys think about that? Uh, I don't know how crew battles work. Uh, is it just like you... you so, might... Like his idea so, was that... So, you know, put the Nudie. Have you ever watched the TV show, like, show New Chicago New New show? <laughs> yeah, I did. It's been a while. But like, so you just line up... So it's like, you, do you remember the Dark Tournament saga? Where that's like, yeah, that's like the most popular one, I believe, in Toonami at least. Like, yeah, yeah. So you remember? So like in the Dark Tournament saga, you put like one member in your team up and up in the ring, 
and then you just keep fighting until like you cannot fight anymore and like mm-hmm. you're out of the ring so then they you know they replace that player with another person up but you can you can go out bobby I, I think I've seen this on on uh, some of the streams before though. Like, so what happens is that like uh, when you beat someone, you have two stocks left. No matter what percentage you're at, you you begin with two stocks. Exactly. Okay. Exactly, yeah. Okay. So we we did this once before actually, um, where we had. Do, do you remember? Uh, were you there when we did it with team captains? I was. Where we had three teams. Uh, it was it was it was Chompy's team. My team and handyman's team. We did this about two months ago, I would say, mm. and we had we we were coaching players as part of a crew battle. Ring it? Does that ring a bell? Are you asking Chompy? I'm or me? Are you asking me or no, Nudie? Nudie? I'm asking you, Nudie. No, I was I was definitely not there because that was the one You're where I, not there. Yeah, that was the one where I I I was not aware of the tournament until it was too late. Okay, got it. So you, you, yeah, you, you might have come in the week after. Yeah. Um. So yeah, essentially, like that is the, that is the format. Yeah. You, you go in and you and you battle, and then if you, when you you drop out, uh, you you next person up, the person who was playing, however they they kill themselves until they were with how many ever many stocks they had in the previous game, and then they continue to fight. Mm-hmm. And. Kevin's idea is that you know we should consider doing uh, like having two locals, like Minnesota crew versus Chicago crew, or something, or Twin Cities versus Chicago yeah. versus Milwaukee, or or whatever that is versus New York. Like we would gather crews and we would have a crew battle tournament. That would um, be interesting. Yeah. So where? Uh, so Bobby, where did Kevin say he uh, mentioned it? Just curious. Uh, he actually mentioned mentioned this on stream, in uh, in between the downed sessions of Grands. I believe so. Yeah. Oh, so like, was that when like my internet went out? Yes. And I okay, so I went down the stairs to fix it. Gotcha. Yes. Did he say like so? Did he say like when this would happen or? Uh, I don't think oh, he, he, he he was just very positive and upgoing about the idea and wanted to do it. And I just thought I I'm also very positive on the idea and I think it'd be a great idea. But I think we need more people because that is essentially needing a lot of people from each different region hmm. to to do it. And I think we would have enough. Probably to do uh, to do crew battles like a crew battle tournament, but we don't have enough in some of the other regions. Like yeah. for example, if we were to do this uh, uh, with the players we have now, it probably would be like two Chicago regions, a Minnesota region, and uh, and an other. Quote unquote, other region where we'd have Luxray and Handyman in there. <laughs> yeah, we definitely great. need those guys. Uh, where yeah. does Handyman so, live? I forget. So what? What? Where, where did he move to? Like, what side of the country? Oh, he's in. Uh, he's in uh, L.A. or he's in California. Yeah, he's oh, in so L.A. He's not even in the same side of the. Okay. <laughs> he, he had, yeah. So he he used to live in Chicago, but moved yeah. to L.A. Okay. Okay. So yeah, yeah, that'd be. I don't know. 
I, I think it's a great idea, but we'd have to really recruit, I think, to make it happen. To have, I mean, you you could run around Robin. You could run, you could run like uh, five crews around Robin. Um, but you really can't do like a, a limit an elimination tournament for crews unless you have a like a lot of people like fifty. Yeah, and you, I feel like you would need like more than than you would expect. Like, let's say you're doing like a like a five man team, uh, and we like right now we only have like four Minnesotans, kind of like me, even right. Tanisha and Zeno, and like. like you would need eight more. times four. Let's say you want to get it to eight teams, right? Eight yeah. times four is forty people. We have never had more than nineteen people show up for a tournament. Mm-hmm. So we we'd we'd be asking for double that. I don't think that's possible, um, but I think I think it's within the realm of possibility to run, uh, to run like four man crews, uh, five teams. That'd be twenty people round robin. I think that's within the realm of possibility. I mean, here's the thing: like, you know, there's all these different crews. So, like, these are guys that you know um, probably they'll have an easier time recruiting their own members because, like, you know, we're recruiting. We got like all the guys on our side that are you know pretty active when they when it comes to attending events. Uh, I mean, the only one that. I mean, Santiago's away from school, so we really have, like, seven people to really work with, and also maybe and that Haven losses, you know, comes in and out, so it's like, what? I we, think it should be run over, I think it should be run over, by the way, like a break, like a Thanksgiving break, where we can get a lot of people, like, who are in school and stuff to play. Mm-hmm. I think that'd be the ideal time to run it, and we really try to, like, promote it. Uh, not, like, like, within our groups of friends, um, not saying we go online and, and market it as, hey, come try this crew battle out, because then what's going to happen? Here? We're gonna, yeah. we're gonna, we're, we're gonna, we're gonna get, we're gonna get MK Leo and DeBuzz and all these other <laughs> players who are way too good for us. Oh yeah, no, not <laughs> but, even. But but but, but, but promote it within our group of friends, and um, and and really try to make it happen, maybe over. I think I think that probably the best timing would be if it was like uh, if we ran it over Thanksgiving or a, some sort of break where we can get a lot of people at, who are at school to attend. Well, I you know maybe not Thanksgiving because that's Thanksgiving is Thursday. We do do it Thursday. Yeah, that's oh, God, a good point, Nudie. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. okay. So, well, I like the idea. Like one of the breaks. Um, I was well, you know, Andy go uh, attends to this uh, this one other weekly on Friday. So I'm sure like, I don't know that, although it would be kind of strange to like run a crew battle against, you know, the other members that, you know, you attend two tournaments to. So it's like, who do you go to attend? Which team are you going to be on? Uh, the one on Fridays or the one for Kevin's? He has to choose. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I mean, so, um, you know, I was thinking, do you remember that one character from Yu Yu Hakusho, the the kid with the uh, yo-yos against Kuwabara? Sure. So the kid with the yo-yo reminds me of Santiago, because he could just troll like other players. Wait, I don't remember. Wait, yo-yos in Yu Yu Hakusho. <laughs> I 
I don't remember that much. It's been I remember Killua. Killua has yo-yos in Hunter Hunter. He does have yo-yos in Hunter Hunter, yeah. But like, I'm talking about in the Dark Tournament Saga or in the in the Crew Battle Tournament where, um, it was like one of the earlier episodes of the Dark Tournament Saga where it, it, he was also like young, spunky, like ten year old kid, and he would be very cocky. He would he would like utilize the yo-yos. And they were like a form of a snake, but like he would wrap them around uh, Kuwabara, the the guy with the orange hair with the blue. I um, definitely remember Kuwabara, but I don't remember the the fight. It's it's been way too long. A good promotion poster. <laughs> oh yeah, that would yeah, be- yeah. We could we could do we could do something like this where, uh, though definitely one thing to bring up if we do do something like this we. Would have to like inform everyone, like get like get, get them ready if we know the teams. I, I feel like, um, you know, if we plan for something like this and people can't show up, it kind of like really makes it like awkward. Mm. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I don't know. We have to talk to Kevin more about it. We have to yep. choose a date for it because really, we really do have to uh, to do to do a to do a crew battle like that. We does need to be uh, promoted more. So I don't know. I just kind of wanted to get your initial thoughts on it. Uh, if you agree with me that it should be done on some sort of break, I think I think we've agreed to that. I think we'll get we get the most players for that, and um, I think um, I think we'll, we'll we'll go back with that to Kevin and see what he thinks. And Kevin, I think would probably have to get in contact with the other TO, uh, you know, to be able to like organize this. Yes. And then it'd be up to the TO to be able to recruit the we members. Could, we could we could like merge groups for a session and like do a joint like like Kevin and the other TO could like do joint conferencing or something like that and like we could have the crews go at each other, like you know, that are in different the different uh locals and, and the different groups. I mean the whole thing could be very fun. Mm. Oh for sure. We could have like, you know, you could have, you could run it if, if we're even doing like cross regional, uh, or sorry, cross TO events. Like you could have like, you could you could you could like do our our tier ones and our tier twos and our tier threes. Like those are all crews, and they go against the other players tier ones, tier twos, and tier threes. Right? That would be crazy, and that would be fun, and and it, it feel, I definitely feel like there'd be a lot of camaraderie. Uh, in the growing relationships we've we're trying to create here at IPG. Um, yeah, hopefully more on that to come. Um, anything else you guys want to talk about, though? Um, I think we're good. Uh, unless Chompy, you got anything? I don't think so. I mean, we covered the PR. We covered doubles. I don't think there's anything like, yeah, newsworthy. I mean, you're, uh, so is your, how's your wrist, by the way? It's a lot better now. I think, uh, so yesterday I, I did a, a couple practice games in their lobby just to keep their lobby open for, uh, Kevin. And, um, you know, it felt really nice to play again. Uh, so I, I've been trying to, I think I should be able to uh, play again, like pretty much now, but, um, uh, it, it, there's nothing was broken, so you know it was probably just a slight sprain. Oh, well, at least you're. It sounds to me like they're getting better, which is a good sign. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, I don't think I have anything else to add as far as that. It, so, yeah, so um, I think this has been by far the longest podcast we've ever ran. Um, I don't think we'll run like a podcast this this long for a very long time. Um, and if you have watched this, if you have listened <laughs> to this podcast all the way through, um, I commend you for that. And, also, we apologize. <laughs> yeah, we apologize for any little inter, you know, interruptions. But yeah, so <laughs> yeah, so um, you know, hope you guys have a good weekend, and you know, and good night. All right. Check. Sure.